Welcome to another edition of the Scozzi Football Podcast. A week in review. St. Johnson have made it to the top six for the longest time in the world. Celtic have secured their place in second. United win the new term and the new firm derby. Levy scored the worst defended professional goal I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, at least we don't have the Man City Paisley pattern shirt or the Man United St. Martin Apology self-directed black and white, however many directions you want it to be. And we can talk about European football. Anthony Maguire is with me in Perth. How you doing? I'm well, mate. I'm well. Um, staying dry over there. I believe Sydney's flooding a little bit at the moment. It actually stopped raining about two hours ago. Wonderful. I mean, it literally, it, it rained. I, 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 you know, you and I have Glasgow connections in big ways, and it, it did rain literally for five days without stopping. And 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 I've got a wee dog who looks out of his window and out of the door and pretends that if there's rain, even a kind of smidgen, he'll pretend that nothing exists beyond that inner sanctum of where he is. So we've done very, very well to actually survive and, and bless all the people who are around this kind of part of the world who have not had such an easy time, but I think up towards Newcastle and, and certainly up towards the kind of further north eastern coasts and Port Macquarie and so on, it's really not been good. But yes, we've been okay in Sydney. In Perth, 70 and sunny, I imagine. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, a, few, uh, it's, it's a couple of cooler days now. So maybe uh, the summer, uh, hot summer days are maybe finally behind us. But, you know, um, we're I'm, hanging, sure everyone, hanging I'm sure everyone in Scotland will be weeping. I know. I know. Anyway, European football, Richards, uh, the return leg of uh, Rangers versus Slavia Prague. Um, the result overshadowed well by an incident near the end of the game but i think we should probably should just quickly cover the actual football um so uh slavia ran out two no winners um first of all in my mind i, I thought uh, alan mcgregor maybe could have done a little bit better sort of beaten um for the first goal um what were your thoughts uh, I thought that Slavia Prague were a very good value, actually. I think mm. it was fair dues. Uh, you know, Alan McGregor, who did very well to be the kind of saviour uh, at the end, and, and as we mentioned uh, in the last pod, uh, the saviour for the season. Uh, am I some kind of curse on people, do you think? <laughs> do you think that, you know... Saying, you, did give oh, them can... the, you did give them a big rev up saying, potential semi-final, oh, here they come. Yeah. So... Uh, oh. Yeah, maybe you did a kiss of death there. But, I, you know, I okay, I okay. Yeah. Fair enough, I'll take that on the chin. But I think that, um, yeah, it was a decent... I mean, the, the Slavia Prague, as we said before, they're no mugs and they played like no mugs and they played Rangers very, very well on their own patch. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's hard to say. That, that I think that they were still playing pretty well, but I, I think that the kind of whole came our roof thing and uh, that that was a terrible, terrible challenge. You know, somebody who suggests that uh, you know you, you're in you're in the opposition's penalty box, the goalkeeper is likely to be coming towards you if you're a striker and 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 a professional footballer coming towards them, um, and to have your foot up that high, but also to plant it in the keeper's face. Yeah, that was that was very very red. Um, 
Slavia Prague, I thought, played really well. I thought they played Rangers at their own game and, and they understood their game. And uh, as we said, we're going to always to be a difficult team to beat. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they beat Leicester 2-0 away from home as well. So, you know, they've got the credentials to win went away from home and went away from home comfortably. I, I do think obviously the setting off sort of really hampers Rangers' chances of sort of getting back into the game. Uh, definitely no arguments with that one. No arguments with the um, the second uh, red card, uh, sorry, second yellow card either for yeah. Rangers' second set off. I mean, that was a, yeah. a, loose, a loose challenge to be doing when you're, when you're ready on a booking. Um, but 2-0 uh, uh, and they'll move on to the next stage of the tournament but I guess with a couple of minutes to go a um, bit of an ugly incident um, with uh, Andre Cadella sort of running up to Glenn Kamara, cupping his mouth and talking to his ear and and both Glenn Kamara and uh, Bongani Zungo reacting furiously as soon as he sort of said the words and sort of does point to the, a, a racist comment being made um, which fired Glenn Kamara up, fired Connor Dawson up, um, and Zungu ran to referees saying that you know he made a made a racist remark. So it will be interesting to see what UEFA does about this. Um, there's definitely, obviously, a witness because Zungu reacted at the same time as um, as Glenn Kamara, so he definitely had it at the same time. It was premeditated from Cadell in the sense that he's ran at least twenty yards up to Kamara to say something. And he had the sense to cover his mouth when he was saying it. So, yeah, a lot, outrageous. A lot, a lot of, uh, a absolute, lot of, absolutely, uh, utterly aware of what cameras and so on can can interpret. Mm. So, yeah, outrageous. So, you know, I, I really hope that he is made an example of. Um, I, I, I hope it's. Yeah, we're talking twelve month bans and European competitions. I mean, UEFA only has jurisdiction over the, the European competition, but I think they should absolutely throw the book at them and really, really set a precedent that if you're going to do that, these are the consequences. Because enough's enough. It's it's twenty twenty one. It's not the eighties. Bananas aren't getting thrown in the park, but the vitriol, like seeing it on the park, and then Kima Roof apparently getting absolutely hounded on social media and racially abused again, and then apparently accounts of Alfredo Morales in the last twenty four hours or so also receiving similar abuse online. It's um, yeah, football authorities can't do much about what happens in the online space and social media. But what they can do is they can set a very, very clear precedent and on the park. Um, and like I said, I think the book should be well and truly thrown at Cadella. And to a certain extent, well said, it mate. Seems like, I, I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's very, very fair. And I think that, um, you know, I remember actually um, almost 20 years ago, Martin and Neil and uh, Alex McLeish um, appearing on adverts in, in, in Scotland um, at, at the time, alongside probably a beer or a, I don't think it was even a betting product. It was, it was effectively uh, the same message of, of, of um, this has no me- that this is no place here. And, and I really think it's sad um, that um, it's taken that to bring it to the forefront in Scottish football. I think the sectarianism thing, as we both know, is something we both lament and we actually despise. And and we've said it many times here. But I really do think that this time it really has struck to the core 
and and I was it was lovely to see actually Scott Brown making a point and um, before the game um, on Sunday um, going to speak to Glenn Kamara and say look you know what we're on the same page here which yeah. takes us to the football yeah no absolutely and um yeah, I'll just finish by saying that you know, there was a very interesting discussion uh, last night with um, Marvin Bartley, uh, who's on our committee with the SFA to try and look at ways to stamp out racism in football in Scotland. And then um, Alex Dyer, the ex-coach of um, Kilmarnock, and you know, slightly different views, but um, you know, Alex Dyer obviously having endured racism all through his playing career, and and then he received a a, a very awful letter late last year. Um, when he was the manager of Kilmarnock, and you know, it's it those players have to players and, and coaches have to deal with that every single day, uh, a cop and abuse in the street, and it's just like I said, it's twenty twenty one, it it shouldn't be happening, and I just yeah, I, I mean, my final thought today was maybe everyone just needs to be a bit kinder to one another, but I think I should just say it now. Everyone just needs to take a step back and just think, well, if you aren't anything nice to say, just don't say it at all. Um, that's really that's what society's built upon. It's built upon mutual respect and understanding with one another. So, well, um, so we'll I'll be pa- to you then, Antonio. So, Celtic uh, drawing one one with Rangers, loved it, and uh, Dundee United, woohoo, winning the first new firm derby that I can ever recall. And forgive me for kind of being a bit flippant in a moment of kind of great gravity, but that was great. That was great to watch a wee bit of difference in the football. Well, we um we, we were um and on as to who was taking Aberdeen uh, on the weekend. So it was Paul Sheeran. Um, so he's actually got a coaching staff uh, consisting of Barry Robson, um, so obviously ex ex Celtic, Gordon Marshall, ex Celtic goalkeeper, Neil Simpson who played for Aberdeen and Newcastle United, and then Scott Anderson who's their under 18s coach. Who is Gordon is, Marshall is, still doing haircuts? <laughs> he had that sort of uh what would you call it like it was like a mop like <laughs> so, yeah a, a mop mop head sort of look he was around. actually a hairdresser yeah. before he was a goalkeeper was he really oh gee he, he was he, yes yes back in the 90s but um gordon marshall who um yeah probably just before um the jonathan gould era at celtic and uh i gordon marshall was uh, notorious for you know being able to cut the hair of the guys in the dressing room which was right, well, well, talk, one talk, of those kind of shoot interview <laughs> moment. Um, Favourite other profession. <laughs> All right, talk us through this win, Richard. Where, where was it won and lost for Dundee United? Uh, well, I have to say Shanks did a horrible game, but absolutely beautifully worked goal. And uh, Aberdeen, I think they kind of, you know, they, they really ought to just wear pure white if they're going to wear an away strip. That kind of black and gold stripe down the middle doesn't do them any justice at all. Um, I, I, United played reasonably well. Aberdeen played reasonably well. It was a bit of a turgid encounter, but beautifully worked goal. And uh, yeah, really, it was of, actually a very uh, fine move. Yeah, very uh, bit of interplay there, wasn't there? It was nice. Yeah. All right, well, we'll, we may as well touch on the Celtic-Rangers game. So um, Celtic won, Rangers won. Uh, Definitely first half, I thought Celtic were the better side. Um, They were getting a lot of joy down their left-hand flank, Rangers' um, right flank. Um, They had Balogun playing out wide as a makeshift right back, and I think Celtic sort of exploited that. That was where their goal came from. Uh, Edward was sort of playing slightly more left of centre, and managed to cut Edward it back. crossing the ball. Yeah, I've cut, cut, cut it back for a, 
for a diving El Yunusi, who I actually thought was one of his better games. Um, so did uh, open and goal. Um, at that point, um, Edward could have made it 2-0. He got booked for simulation. Um, one of those ones where the balls come in, he probably could have hit it first time. He didn't. His touch was maybe a slightly heavy. Um, and then, so if you uh, if you were a skating commentator and you were at the Olympics, and uh, you know one point zero was actually genuinely he was knocked over. Like was it a point eight or a point nine? Oh, or a, I think you know look, there was the, there was the slightest of touches. The, the, there's two things here, right? One is slightest of touches. He's gone down very heavily. So come I don't. On. Think come on, like, come on, like, you know, like, like, we was, do you not remember um, Eduardo going over um, Arthur Boric in Arsenal and, and with, with, I mean, the whiskerest and whiskerest of touches, you know. No, no, he, he, went, he went down hard. However, Barisic was lucky because he did lunge in. So, I mean, he missed him. He did miss him, but he could quite easily have caught him as well. So, I but still think... I still think Edward should have shot first time, personally. Me. <laughs> but, um, you know, if it was up to me, but he, he has this tendency to try and walk the ball into the net. So, um, not the first time. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that, that was probably Celtic's still dead chance to make it 2 0. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, McGregor made another good save. I think one sort of, he clawed one off the line from Elianusi. Yes. Um, so that, that, that sort of was, that was Celtic's golden chance to go two up. Because the one thing we know with Celtic this season is that 1 0 was not a safe. A safe store line, and sure enough, John Joe Kennedy, Kennedy with a rash 35 meter um, back pass, which wasn't even close to um, Stop Bain, went out for a corner, and subsequently, um, I think it was Connor Dolson flicked it on for um, Alfredo Morales, who scored his first old firm goal in what 15 appearances, I think it is. El Buffalo. Um, unmarked. Again, Kenny was the one that was supposed to be tracking him at the back post. Didn't you've got to respect the fact that um, Alfredo played to every single camera in the ground that he possibly could. <laughs> obviously, at Celtic Park there. On that uh, so yeah, so and I, I think crowd. yeah, and then that was it. And then the second half, Rangers, yeah, maybe shaded it at times, but then Celtic had chances. It was just a very, it was very, it wasn't really. It petered out. It didn't really have much of an edge to it. It was, it was a game where it was basically not dead rubber stuff because obviously Rangers didn't want to lose the match but they were very content to take one all draw I felt and and and, and and in saying that Celtic didn't really press so many advantage at any point in the game either um Steven Gerrard had made his four subs before um John Kennedy had even made his first one so yes, he was clearly the deadest of dead rubbers in my opinion so St Johnson congratulations to them they have made it to the top six it's so exciting because we're talking about Guy Melamed and it wasn't Guy Melamed again but Stevie May did supply the cross and uh, they scored and and heartbreaking for St Mern oh look well I mean they left it late 86 minute Glenn Middleton he came off the bench with about 15 to go he nearly sort of set up a goal earlier and then managed it on the end of the um, the, the cross and uh, slotted home well and it's probably one of the most important his first goal for the club and probably the most important goal that they'll score this season maybe apart from the yeah. League Cup final um, equally equally important um, so yeah it's so great. That, it's absolutely brilliant for them because that is big money for they've got second 
David's second best form form rides in the in the league at the moment, St Johnson. So that that's that says a lot. But you'd like to feel for St Martin. They scored on thirty three minutes penalty. Jamie McGrath sitting in the box seat, one nil up. St Johnson score on the eighty six minute. At that point, St Martin are still going up because both teams are winning. Um, and then on the eightieth ninth minute. Uh, Tyle Monroe with a free header from a free kick, which Jim, Jim Goodwin was protesting uh, mightily, yeah, got a yellow card, but sent off. I mean, it's one of those ones, uh, uh, as an ex-defender, you, you're going to win the ball, you're, you're jumping up, you're the only one that's actually attacking the ball, the attacker's not attacking the ball. However, he'd climbed all over, um, I think it was Moyo. Um, so it's one of those ones where it shouldn't be a free kick, but it is a free kick. And uh, and it's still it was uh, to allow Hamilton Aties with a free runner at the back post. I don't know who was meant to be picking them up, but unfortunately that means for St. Mern that they slip into seventh place, and uh, and yeah they, they they miss out on the top six. So he, Jim would have been fuming, but um, yeah, one of these things, I guess. Precarious things at the bottom of the league. It's going to be interesting. I think the bottom six will probably be our chat for the rest of the season because I think that uh, the top six is largely looked after itself. Hibs, uh, I have to say that was probably the worst, the worst defended goal I've seen all season. Well, was, uh, uh, there was a few ca- few candidates. I mean, the Celtic <laughs> to seen from another. Another another corner, and then the two goal the two goals in the Livy Hibernian game. I mean, either end the defending was, was, was terrible. So Ryan Porteous should have headed it back to Marciano, and I don't know it was the weakest header of all time. So Sibold was like, "Thank you very much," and he, he buried really, it. Really bad. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then that was only equaled by uh, Trishan Doyle's equaliser, uh, Mickey Devlin and Guthrie, all both having good chances to clear the ball at the row Z, both of them failing to do so. And Trishan Doyle's first goal in ages, um, getting back on the store sheet. But uh, mm. I think Hebs probably had the slightly better run of it in the second half, but couldn't find a winner. Um, so yeah, so one each, and that was the game that we were both um and on, and we're both like oh, Hibs, but mm, we're not really that sure. So we probably should have went the draw. We were we were talking a draw, but we said Hibs would win. So um, so yeah, but we should really shut our mouths up about Motherwell. Oh, I, I'm, just trying, <laughs> I'm just trying to say it now. I've said this once this season already. I'm going to say it again. I'm not tipping Motherwell for a win the rest of the season. That was just. <laughs> Kyle Lafferty on the store sheet from the first minute, a day in the keeper. I don't really know what he was doing. I mean, it was far Tells enough his own out. story. He should actually. have. He should have. Should have saved it. I mean, really. I mean, it was all right. He snatched a shot, and it was unexpected. But I mean, far out. I mean, that 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 distance, he should have saved it. But anyway, Kelly won the up after the first minute of the game, and then uh, Motherwell managed to equalise after ten minutes. So they did get back in quite early doors. Twenty Watt header the ball back and. The ricochet finding Barry Maguire, who stored his first goal for Motherwell, I think, this season, or first goal in a long time anyway. Um, and then again, it was more crap defending that allowed Tilly to store three unanswered goals in the second half. Um, the first one, the, the defender leaving it for the goalkeeper, goalkeeper leaving it for the defender. And then there was a, a, a dud header, basically a free header, and he just flicked it to, um, oh, your man, the... Uh, Chris Burke and he's just absolutely smashed at home from about eight yards, nine yards out. Chris Burke, veteran I, I, of several clubs. <laughs> and then um, the last one, the keeper gets megged from. Yeah, so I just yes, yeah, so Mother just 
poor defending. And it's basically poor defending is the theme of this week. Like in most most games, there was some suspect defending that you know led to probably fifty percent of the goals in the games this week. I'd say. Mother will get a zero out of ten. Mm. Uh, it gets so much more interesting because we've got the Scottish Cup coming up again. But before then, some international football. Um, Austria 23 in the world and I'm not going to mention it because apparently FIFA have um, bowed down to the golden breast and they are now being sponsored the world rankings are sponsored by a well-known sponsored drink soft drink which we won't mention it's not Scottish um, Austria 23, Peru 25, Tefirio Kubilias, Australia 41, Iceland 46, Scotland 48. Uh, Scotland versus Austria this coming week. And any new news on the German? I think there's been some change overnight about the quarantine rules for German players uh, joining international football teams, well, but nothing right. is clear. <laughs> <laughs> that would be typical Scotland that they change the rules just as Scotland's about to play Austria so um, I, I dare say they'll probably all be eligible to play now um, the last time Scotland played Austria was in a friendly in May 2007 uh, Scotland were 1-0 winners a goal from Gary O'Connor <gasps> I remember him do you do? I, I certainly don't, but I, yes. that's, we're showing our ages. That's he, was, all right. he was a great, great, great striker for Hibernian and ah. he went to play for Spartak Moscow and uh, lost his life in cocaine and fancy women, I believe. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, there you go. And then in, in, Scotland and Austria have met in two previous World Cup qualifying campaigns for the 1970 and the 1998 finals. On both occasions, Scotland won their home matches against Austria 2-1 uh, with goals from Dennis Law and Billy Bremner and 2-0 with uh, Kevin Gallagher-Brice. So uh, so there you go. So history is slightly on our side, although in how many meetings have we had with them? We have had 11 matches, four wins apiece and uh, three draws. So, yeah. yeah. The greatest time in Austrian football history was when they were in the 1978 World Cup and uh, they actually played. And if you look this up on the interweb, listeners, um, they played almost half of the game in their own half. They were playing against Germany. And both Germany and Austria were going to qualify for the last eight of that particular tournament as long as uh, Austria avoided defeat. And they avoided defeat by playing the ball inside their own half for probably about 20 to 30 minutes of that game and the opposition sitting off them. It's one of the great um, dramas and controversies in international football. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look at the last team that went out for Scotland when they got beat by, um, I think it was by Israel. Just try to see if there's oh, any real again. Well, uh, so we in our group, there's, uh, so there's some decent teams in our group, but uh, there's no getting away from it. That um, you know, there Austria are there, but there's also Denmark um, and uh, Moldova, who we should be scared of. The Faroe Islands, who are also a reasonable team in their own day, um, Israel. So yeah, it could be any number of challenges for um, Qatar 2022, um, which is next year i believe uh air-conditioned stadia and all um international travel allowing um there seems to be lots of 
dysphoria about this whole aspect. But anyway, um, Scotland Austria seems something sensible. Yeah, I'm just uh, having a look at the team that went out last time. I think probably the you know based on form, you don't know maybe whether Ryan Christie would hold his spot. Potentially, maybe bring in um, your man from uh, from Newcastle. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, oh, I said it last Peter week. Beardsley. Oh, the mental blank. He was in, he was injured. Um, it'll come back to me. Anyway, so I think that's probably the main change. And then the other possibilities stop me, Tommy, maybe pushing into the midfield. But again, who you love. Through. I guess it depends how he's going to set up against Austria. He might set up a little more defensively minded, so he might keep Christie in the starting eleven. Um, Coming back to the world rankings, who do you think is the number one in the FIFA world rankings right now? Belgium. Oh, very good. And who do you think is number two? Uh, good question. Um, I would say... Don't look up, don't cheat. Don't I'm, not, I'm, not, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm just trying to think. I'll say Brazil with no confidence. Okay, so it's France, which has surprised me too, but Brazil number three, um, aided and abetted by Neymar, who, as we all know, I love. But uh, I've, I've, said this, we've, I've said this on previous podcasts as well, that you just need one talismanic centre-forward when you're who can bang the goals in for you and then their team basically rolls on with that like Ronaldo and Portugal perfect example like there's yes. just there's teams out there that just and unfortunately Scotland's best players are two left backs so you know, <laughs> 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 unfortunately Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson can't like you know win games from left back or well, not very often anyway but um yeah it's just it's just frustrating that like we just don't have that talismanic sort of center forward um do you know um Weirdly, and you will—you're far too young to remember this. But uh, in 1978, there was a, an absolute inspirational um, Peruvian called Teofilio Cubilias, who scored two goals against Scotland. And Scotland were absolutely expected to do extremely well in that tournament and and be at least semi-finalists. And uh, Sorry, Teofilio Ra- Cubilias. <laughs> Ryan Fraser, that was annoying me. Oh, sorry, sorry. that's you. who, I, yes, that's who yeah, I was thinking yeah. of. Carry on your story. Yeah, so I was crossing the Nullarbor plain, and uh, and and came across this woman who was who was clearly a, a native Spanish speaker, and I kind of was chatting to her, and it turned out she was Peruvian, and uh, and I said Teofilio Cubilias, and she looked at me as if I'd said the patron saint of Peru. And, uh, and and was almost weeping with pleasure that I knew who Teofilio Cabilias was. But little did she know that actually he had spoiled my childhood and, and taken away a moment of pleasure that was absolutely defined to be mine forever. But um, I, Teofilio Cabilias and, and, and Peru are, are better than Scotland, apparently. Anyway, life no, they, goes they, on yeah, and uh, the Scottish yeah. Cup gets going as well. So what are we going to do? With the Scottish Cup, well, I think there's uh, half a half a second round fixture still to be completed. So, um, a few ties in there: Brora Rangers at home to Hearts, uh, Partick Thistle playing Cowden Beath, Bucky Thistle versus Inverness Tally Thistle in the Battle of the Thistles. Mm. Um, yeah, so a few few ties in there. They all get played in the next twenty four hours or so. And then that will lead to the third round where all your premiership clubs then sort of come into the 
into the fold. And uh, that first round of fixtures is next weekend. All right, Antonio. So Scotland versus Austria. Match prediction. This could be their only prediction of the week. As you well, know, the bookies well, always shout out when they hear what we're I'm saying. I'm going to go 1-0 one, one Scotland. Right, okay. So I should probably go 1-0 Austria, seeing as I've done so well uh, in the last kind of two or three weeks between Feel you know, free to give Europe Austria a kiss of death for us. That's fine. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. So Klaus Meyer, uh, our dear friend of the podcast in uh, Vienna, I hope you're listening loud and clear that I did tip Austria. And if it doesn't work out, well, it wasn't my fault. Um, final thoughts. I mean, you have mentioned in, in very, very eloquent terms um what your intermediate thoughts would be for the week um my final thoughts this week would be you know i really hope that what comes out of this is a, a kind of wider appreciation in scottish football of not just racism but uh the, the kind of whole very small-minded um and people talk about being, being a minority but it's not a minority uh, a view of thinking that most of this stuff is really just small beer and at the end of the day it's just a game and we're having a good fun and we're having good fun together watching it and it really ought not to be a, a kind of battleground of um, colour, race, religion. Well said, Richard. I just think the only thing I want to add to that that I didn't mention before is just that if you see it, crawl it out and none of this oh but you your supporters did this or whatever just call it out for what it is and that's the that's it that, that's all you need to say you don't have to you know try and make it a one-up one-upmanship or you know oh, our fans are less racist than your fans or anything like that it's not about that it's about calling it out but doing better and um you know as a society we we need to do better and like you say um in all all walks of life so I think we'll end it there and uh, come on, Scotland. Come on, Scotland. Great experience, Anthony. I'll be here next week. I'm sure you will be too. All the best, guys. Speak soon. Cheers, man. Cheers.